you want a satisfying career and a fulfilling family life, this is the podcast for you. Join me, Joel Lulovich, and me, Lucy Dickens, as we share strategies and advice to help you keep your balls in the air. Welcome to the Juggle Podcast. Michael Miller from MLC Advice Canberra is back with us again to talk about preparing financially for parental leave. Most of us think so much about how we're going to prepare our bodies and our nurseries, but not always necessarily <laughs> our finances. Definitely nurseries, unless it's baby number two, in which case, or three or four, I imagine, in which case they don't get a fancy nursery. They don't get it, no. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Miller is a certified financial planner. He owns and runs his practice based in Canberra, but works with clients based around the country and across the globe. He's been practicing for 14 years and claims a family predisposition to all things numbers. So Michael, in the majority of cases, taking parental leave means reducing our family income. And some people might be fortunate enough to have an entitlement to some government paid parental leave, or some might even be even more fortunate and have paid parental leave from their employer but it usually doesn't cover the whole period of time that someone's off work. So how do we deal with the fact that we're going to have less income in our lives? Uh, it is one of the, the big things to prepare for in advance. Um, certainly one quick tip that I'd like to share uh, for the government paid parental leave uh, is something people aren't always aware of, is there's an income test uh, of $150,000, what's called adjusted taxable income to be eligible for that payment. Uh, and th this is a case of where you really do need to sort of read the rules uh, because it's measured on the financial year before your child is born or adopted. And for newborns, it's usually the birth mother's income who will be assessed. Mm. Uh, so it's not about remembering uh, you know, all, all those rules in intricate detail, but certainly if you think that $150,000, you might be close to that. It's worth looking at very carefully because you might be able to time a little bit of unpaid leave or ah. change how your super contributions are done and things like that. This is clever. And if it's adjusted taxable, that means it's your taxable income. So if you're paying for, I don't know, could you pay for education or something that's a tax deduction? Could you time that payment to come into the financial year? Is that another, would that work? Yeah, there are a couple of things that the adjusted taxable income does pick up things like if people have negatively geared investments and things like that. But these are small things that, you know, if you're right on that threshold, people who have income protection insurance can claim a tax deduction for the premium. And because it's measured on one financial year, you know, getting that in June as opposed to July, that could be the difference between qualifying or not. Yeah, so if you know you're pregnant in at the, the last couple of months of a financial year, that's a really key time in that month of June to make sure that that financial year's income is going to come in under the 150. That's right. It makes a big difference. And some of those things is you know, once you hit 1 July, you can't go back and yeah. uh, change what you did before then. Yes. Uh, so certainly, although I'm always reluctant to add more to the plate in that, that period of time, yeah, there are a couple of things that if you can talk to somebody or think about that prior, that they may make a difference. Oh, great. That, that's really good. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought of that. What are some other things we can do to prepare financially? Two things that I'd like to recommend people think about is if you've got particularly that employer paid leaves, it can be worth taking that, say, at half pay if that's something that your mm -hmm. employer offers. For two reasons. Sometimes it can help a little bit with tax because you might just shift a bit of taxable income from one year to the other. 
Um, but mostly we're pretty good at adjusting to whatever income we've got coming in each sort of fortnight or month or, or things like that, even if it's a little bit reduced. But it's a lot harder to adjust to if there's those periods where there's just no income coming in. So yeah. if we can if we can have more time, even if it's at lower payments, that can sometimes help. Mm, that almost gets us back to that dirty word we discussed last week about budgeting. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We are all very adaptable around those budgets, but it's it, it's generally difficult to adapt to a zero dollar budget. <laughs> so stretching out some of that leave. Um, the other one is you can sometimes go to your employer ahead of time and purchase some extra annual leave. So you can say, look, pay me a little bit less now, mm. give me some more annual leave, which I can then use while I'm on parental leave. Yeah. And that can be tax effective because you're purchasing that leave with pre-tax dollars. Mm. My experience is a lot of the larger employers will already have a policy about this in place and, and it will often have limits on how much you can purchase and, and when you need to use it. For people who are with smaller employers, they may not have a policy. The downside of that is you possibly have to sort of go to your employer and say, I'd like to do this. Can you set up the payroll to do it? But the upside is they may not have sort of limits in terms of how much you can do and things like that. So you, you get a lot more flexibility to put something together that suits you best brilliant when I think about preparing for parental leave I think about saving money none of these things would have have crossed my mind so it just goes to show how important it is to get the advice because there's all sorts of things that we haven't thought of or wouldn't think of without experts yes look and and the nature of parental leave is for for a lot of us obviously First time is we've never done it before, and you know, even we tend not to have you know ten child families anymore, so we don't get that repeat experience. Whereas you know, it's something we regularly help our clients with is what are the steps I can take today that help prepare for that in the future. It's important for you to know that the contents of these sessions are advice of a general nature only, which may not be right for you. Michael would love to talk to you more about helping with advice specifically designed for your personal circumstances. So make sure to get in touch and book a phone call or virtual appointment for this. Get in touch with Michael at www.michaelmiller.help. Michael Miller is an authorised representative of GWM Advisor Services, holder of Australian Financial Services Licence Number 230692. And now over to the interview. Hi everyone, it's Joel Lilovich. And Lucy Dickens, welcome back to the Juggle Podcast. So today we thought we'd touch on a few things because it's not often that we kind of have the opportunity to record quite close to the time that this podcast is going to be released. So we're going to update you in real time about what's been happening with us. Yes, real time. It is Wednesday night, so we're recording a week ahead of schedule, which like Joe said, it's not something we do very often. And we've got Harry here because it's eight and he is not sleeping and is just kicking about on the bed. So yesterday was Tuesday. We did a presentation for the Tax Institute, Women in Tax, their first lunch event of the year. And we shared with them our juggle acronym that we've told you all about before. And if you missed it, go back to episode 50 and you can hear about that. And it was good. It was so exciting to um, have 70 plus women in the audience there to listen and to participate. And everyone was really good at participating in the little exercises that we asked them to do, especially that paper folding one at the end, which was good fun. 
yes, we shared a picture of that on our social media and that was good. We, I raided Lily's craft set. So we had lots of colorful paper to demonstrate the communication exercise. But I think for me, the best thing about it was the feedback we got at the end and the number of people who came and and said thank you, which was lovely. But the message that was consistent for me, oh dear, the message that was consistent was that people just felt so pleased to have support and to know that they weren't alone. Yeah, I think Harry's going to be a podcaster in his future. Um, But yes, I agree that it was so nice. It's always really nice to know that you hit the mark with the content that you're putting out and that people are resonating with it. And one of the things that came up in one of the conversations was a comment about this just doesn't get talked about. And it was just so funny because we'd only just been having that conversation a couple of days before and you were saying that you'd been talking to your sister about the fact that there are some things that we just don't talk about. And we thought this is a great opportunity to put the question out there to all of you listening and say, what is it that you think just doesn't get talked about when it comes to motherhood and career and all of the juggle stuff in between? Because we would love to do an episode on it, an episode on all the things that don't get talked about. There are lots of things on my list of things that people don't talk about or that you're not supposed to say out loud. It just keeps getting longer and longer. And I'm really looking forward to having this conversation because I made a commitment to myself that I would next every time I come up with something that you're not supposed to talk about, I'm going to talk about it because you're never the only one that thinks that way or feels that way. So I'm looking forward to that episode and I hope people share with us the things that they wish someone had told them or the things that they think they're not supposed to talk about, but you are. Yeah, that's that's so true. Speaking of things that don't get talked about or that we shouldn't talk about or whatever it might be, one of those things is imposter syndrome. And on the episode today, we have my sister back again, Katrina, joining us for the third time. It's very handy to have a psychologist on hand. And one of the things that she speaks about is imposter syndrome. And in a few weeks time, on the 21st of May, she's going to be giving a free one hour webinar. If you are interested in attending, it should be pretty easy to fit into your day because it is only one hour. If you're interested in attending, you can find out all the details at www.behindthebrands.com.au and we'll have that link in the show notes as well. I'll be there. Looking forward to it. Yeah, me too because, yeah, it's definitely something that I suffer from. So today's episode, we're talking about the shift, as Joe's mentioned, and what we mean by that is the identity shift that happens to all of us when we become parents and we've got Kat here to help us because we like Kat to help us with the big topics. Thank you Kat. And welcome Kat. Thank you. I didn't want to speak until spoken to. (laughs) (laughs) She's well trained. Um, (laughs) You're welcome to speak. So tell us Kat, you know what what is it about having a baby that makes us all ask this question of ourselves and feel like we've don't know who we are anymore when you have well it, it can begin to be turned upside down in pregnancy in life can be if if it doesn't go so well like if you're unwell or have um complications but when the baby's born life is really turned upside down and shaken out all over the place so you have the responsibility of a little one and you know that we can construct it like we feel like we are in control most of the time and then baby comes along and it's a real wake-up call in, in terms of, yeah, there are so many things that are outside of our control, all the plans we made, what we imagined it would be like, what other people told us would be like. It just may, may not have turned out anything like that. 
bit like what you experienced, isn't it, Lucy? Yeah, I was just going to say, I think for me, it's about suddenly someone else being completely dependent on you and being completely responsible for somebody else. And so all the things that you thought were important are suddenly not important anymore. And you just have this complete new perspective on everything. And I thought that would just happen once, but it's happened again with baby number two. Tell me it stops. Do I have to go through this every time? Yes. (laughs) Oh, good. What do you mean, Lucy, in terms of realize like your babies are different and therefore the experience? I just question who am I? Oh, okay. So far, Harry is like the same child as Lily, so I wouldn't know that they were different. But I just mean that the questioning everything and the questioning who am I in the world and what do I want out of my life and all those big picture existential crisis type questions. I thought that only happened once. I was wrong. (laughs) It makes sense though, doesn't it, that you would have that feeling again because we were talking earlier, Katrina and and I, and she was sort of saying, you know, you have this change and you, uh, something big happens in your life and you adjust to a new normal. And we were talking about that in a different context, but it fits, doesn't it? Because you've had a big change with Lily and you adjusted to that change and you had a new normal. And then there was another big change when Harry came along. And it's the same with each of your kids because they they appear at different times of your life and therefore they're going to impact. Does that make you feel any better? I think that that's a bit confronting, thinking that I might have to go through this several more times. <laughs> several? <laughs> At least one, more than one, if I can convince Jack, but we'll worry about that when we get there. (laughs) I don't know. I think it is confronting going through this huge identity crisis, but then at least for me, I came out the other side with such a better understanding of who I am and what's important to me. And I felt and feel a lot more confident in myself having dealt with it all. Do you think that's a normal thing, Kat, that people come out of it knowing more about themselves? Look, I think the conditions are set so that that you can do, but like any change in life, the transformation isn't guaranteed. You're reflecting, you're doing the work. Mm. You were saying before that motherhood is a good opportunity for personal development. Yeah, definitely, because everything changes, but also lots of things get brought up when you have a child that you may not be consciously thinking about them, but in terms of your own experience of being parented or your own childhood you know not everyone's childhoods were fabulous there may be periods of life there were difficulties that happened or that you weren't perhaps you didn't have an experience with your mother or father or both that was one that you want to emulate you know or repeat so that's one thing to kind of I think keep in mind in terms of personal development having a baby can trigger things from your past Mm. and once you've had a baby or once being pregnant having the baby you're so consumed with having to care for the baby but at the same time you're experiencing a whole range of personal internal emotions thoughts but it can feel like there's not a great deal of time or space to do much with that. In this presentation that we gave yesterday I spoke about the fact that when I had my first daughter, I had this sensation of, you know, I'm getting out of the game in terms of work and that by taking the time out, you know, other people were going to be, you know, racing up that ladder and, you know, getting in front of me and that I wasn't going to be able to catch up on those kinds of things. And listening to you now, it's making me think about a previous conversation we've we've had where we talked about loss. Is mm. there a sense of loss as well? That, yeah. 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 
Yeah, and and it's that duality that there's loss because a choice for anything, like a choice to have a child and all the potential and opportunity that comes with that also involves the loss of the life that didn't involve children, not only the past but a future. Yes, I think majority of people, definitely me, tend to think about grief and loss when it comes to death and not so much about choices that you make. And I don't think of myself as grieving as such in in making choices, but it seems that that is really the emotion that you're going through. All the things that you've just said, Kat, make me think of the book and is it's M. Scott Peck, isn't it? The Road Less Travelled. And I read his book not long before I fell pregnant with Lily and I told myself, you will read this book again when you have children because I wasn't planning on having children yet. (laughs) (laughs) But he talks about those things. He talks about all the things that you deal with in childhood that you don't necessarily realise are going to impact your life in some way and then how they all all come up and how parenting is often the thing that makes your life history come crashing down it's true yeah you know you've been really open before Lucy about the fact that you felt a huge identity crisis kind of thing when it came to being pregnant the first time around what was it particularly I think for me it was because we weren't planning on having children yet so there was and that took me a hell of a long time to come to terms with being okay saying out loud because that's one of those things that you're not supposed to to talk about <laughs> but it was that. So it was accepting the fact that we were about to have a baby. But I think it was just the, who am I going to become? Because I felt like I actually, no, to be honest, I think I felt a bit lost beforehand. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and for me, having Lily maybe find who I, who I was. But it's just not knowing what it was going to become, not having anyone to talk to about all the things. It's not an easy journey. Mm. What do you hear from others, Kat? Um, lots of those, lots, lots of things, you know, similar things. You know, I'm in the, the fortunate position of, of hearing a lot of the things that people don't typically share you know, in forums like friends or family. So, you know, that, that people come to me because those things are weighing on them and they need a safe place to be able to lay them out and try and make sense of them. I was just thinking about my own experience having kids later in life and beginning to think about the possibility that, well, not beginning to think about it, but really having to face at the end point that I may not have children and that part of life, yeah, may have been closed off to me. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm going to have to have a good, hard, long look at myself or another good long look at myself (laughs) because what now? And I remember thinking that a transformation would occur that I wouldn't have children and that that was going to leave a a void and I was going to have to work at, you know, filling that because the ride of motherhood, even though it's not a seamless transformation and it's not instantaneous, like it all doesn't happen at once, once it started you're off and you're along for the ride in a way. I remember saying to my mum after some time after Lily was born, I remember having the conversation as she was dropping me off at work, reflecting on the fact that the pregnancy wasn't planned and how much now I loved everything. I remember saying to her how hard it would be for people who couldn't have children and who wanted them and how I would never wish that 
I mean, you wouldn't wish that on anyone, but I was just reflecting on the fact that it is such a huge thing and there are so many ups and downs, but that it changes your life in so many ways that you wouldn't want to deprive someone of that opportunity to experience motherhood mm. because it is so life-changing in so many ways. I think that might be what you're getting at. Yeah, I think at the time I was thinking once you have your baby, there is a sequence of stages that just happen. It's just unfolds in a way. Yes, you have to meet it and you have to deal with it and it's a but those kind of changes present themselves to you and you deal with them. You kind of have less less choices because when it's your child, it's not like you can just put them back or put them to the side or anything. You you're kind of stuck with them and you've got to keep adjusting to them as they change and grow whereas most other things in your life you can change pretty easily comparably mm. if you're not happy in your job you can change it or if you're not happy with a friend or something else you can change it but when it's your own child it's mm. a little bit different what did this look like for you joe most of my issue was around the work thing it's quite funny actually i hadn't thought about the fact that we represent three different scenarios here in this conversation you know lucy you young unplanned Katrina as being an older, um, starting as an older mother. Sorry to say that, Kat. And me, I was literally right there in the middle. That yeah. what do they call that? I was the statistic. I was the average person, the average age. I'd reached a senior level of my career, which was the plan. You know, it was the plan: get to that level of my career, do this amount of years of of service, make sure that I'd got a significant amount of world travel done because I knew it would be harder to do with kids you know I I ticked off the things that I wanted to tick off and then it was like right I'm ready now I'd like to have a baby so it was really wanted it was it was part of the plan but it was still like oh okay yeah now it's as we've all just said really right there confronting and you don't know how to have a baby and you don't even if you've got experience having your own and knowing that you can't just give it back or whatever it might be is just totally different. And it wasn't easy in that first six months. It was really hard. And going back to work was an escapism for me. Yeah. Maybe this is just me being naive and not having had time to really think about it before. But I knew that things would change and that I would be looking after another person. But I didn't know that I would change so much, that my identity would just be so different. I didn't know that that would happen. Do most people know that that would happen? Yeah, no, I don't think so. No. I mean, it's really hard to think of yourself as changing because you know yourself with the challenges that you've met already. It makes me think of when you have those scenarios where, you know, for example, you have children. I think this was your experience, wasn't it, Lucy, where you have children earlier than your group of friends. So it's almost as if your life is carrying on without you and you've gone off in a different direction, but they're all still doing the same stuff. And I, I've probably used the line myself um, and I've definitely heard it said before, I'm still the same person. Mm. You feel like you need to almost push that. I'm still the same person, you know, it's still me. I just happen to have a baby now. But in reality, you're not the same person because you've got a baby now. Yeah, I don't think I am still the same person. I think that the change for me was that, significant that I don't I don't think I am 
this is all getting quite deep cats like oh what can I what can I take out of this yeah <laughs> well I guess one of the things that I wanted to say was that obviously we're all talking about the transformation that comes from the catalyst of having children yeah yes. like you know the the having a, a child becoming a mother and for the fathers and you know, all the other people that are involved in that process, it's not the only way you can transform in life. Yeah. There are things that happen to people that are unplanned and things that they weren't setting out to have happen, you know, to them. Mm. But equally transformative. Oh, you hear about that all the time, don't you, in terms of, the, you know, whether it's someone who dies or whether it's being involved in a horrific accident or something else happening yeah or people might go overseas and travel and or you know go and live somewhere else and you know feel that that was yeah life taking a different path I guess yeah and those things keep happening too to you even when you've had kids as well so you're just getting transformed left right and center (laughs) (laughs) yeah but I guess one of the things bringing it back to the journey of becoming a mother and that that transformation the things that perhaps maybe take people by surprise and the burden of it are the messiness of it uh in terms of the challenge to order that perhaps was life free baby Mm. and the weight of being a mum i wonder if also can we add the expectations or the pressure from society yeah definitely because I think that's one of the things that's made me really question myself is when I do things, because I think I do quite a lot of things that are not mainstream perhaps, but I question that. Mm. I think, you know, if everyone else is doing something this way, why am I doing it a different way and what does that mean about who I am? So I think that the society's expectations should we should add to your list, please. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and because the amount of commentary that is thrown your way Everyone has an opinion on everything you do. Yeah. Or they think they're entitled to an opinion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and that's quite a lot to sift through, isn't it, in terms of trying to find your way? Mm-hmm. Because then there's all that stuff about, oh, but what's the right way to do it or the, the best way to do it? Brings you back to your imposter syndrome because you feel like, well, you know, I don't really feel mm. like I'm being the mum that I should be or I'm not being the, the um, employee that I should be or whatever it might be. Yeah, and as if there's like one way to be a mother. Yeah. One of the biggest lessons that I've learned is about judgment because we all do it, even though we say we don't. It's one of those things that people say they don't do, but they do. We all judge each other. It's just part of human nature. Yeah. But one of the things I've learned is really that it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter what I think because you never know until you're in somebody else's shoes, you can never really make a judgment about whether the thing that they did is right or wrong. You might think that you know best, but you have no idea until you are that person, unless you are that person. Yeah. And just because you have your insights as a mother doesn't mean that your insights are correct. They might be correct for you. Even more, they might be correct for you at that point in time, but then they might change into the future. So here's an example. Mm. I remember saying to my husband about someone we knew, I can't believe that they would rehome their dog just because they have a child. You don't do that. You don't just give up on your pets because you have a child. And now here we are 
three years on trying to rehome our dog because he's become aggressive as he's got older and it's not safe for our children Mm. and so now I'm like oh yeah you used to judge that person for doing that and now look at you trying to you know until you're in the situation you just don't know Mm. yeah totally and I you know I really respect you for giving us an actual illustration Lucy because (laughs) there are so many things that I can think of that yeah, I can think back to things that I've thought or said and you just mm-hmm. being able to allow yourself to change. I remember saying to my mum, I can't believe you still let our brother sleep <laughs> in your bed. And now I'm still bed sharing with our three-year-old and Harry's in there too. And I'm more than happy to keep doing that, whatever gives me sleep. It's, you, just, you just don't know, do you, until you're in that position, which is why other people's opinions just don't really matter. Yeah. As you were saying, Lucy, that takes me back to this idea of other people's expectations. And I think for me, and I think for a lot of other people, it's really hard to get to the idea that you don't care what anyone else thinks. And I know that you perhaps might be able to say, I do care, but I'm going to just set it aside or something. But I still struggle with that. I still have a real big thing about what are they thinking about me? I think it's knowing whose opinion to care about as opposed to not caring what anyone thinks, just having knowing whose opinion is important. But Kat, tell us what you think because you are the expert. Well, I was just thinking about how our natural tendency is typically is to want to avoid difference. Mm. And when we're in a vulnerable position, perhaps in the early days, you know, of being a new parent and you're in your mother's groups, there's a sense that you want to be, you know, among... Yeah, accepted and among similar others, you don't want to stand out for difference. So, you know, we're all scanning the whole time, checking whether doing it right or being approved of. And so it, it is a natural, a natural inclination. Oh, that's really interesting. I feel like we can have a little counselling session with me here. I'm going to ask you. I wonder if that's why for me, when I went to my mother's group type things, I stopped going because I didn't feel like I really fit in there. And Mm. so I went off to try to find the other, maybe a little bit more alternative people who could Mm. be my friends where I didn't stand out so much. Yeah, that's a good thing. You know, it's that you could pick that up early on and not try and force yourself to fit in, but that you were aware that, you know, they weren't your tribe and that's okay. But it's so important to feel you're supported if you're feeling like you're under a, a critical eye. It's not going to be good for you. Yeah, especially when we are going through this shift. It's important to have people who we can talk to, right? Mm. Yeah, the whole way through. I mean, it's one of our key things in our juggle is to make sure that you can gather the support around you that you need. Yeah, and I think something we haven't really talked about is that shift from you know, we're talking about the internal personal kind of transformation, but then typically if we're talking about, you know, a baby being, you're in a relationship with your partner and you've had the baby, that transformation that happens in terms of the relationship as well, that's another big one. Maybe we should have a separate episode on that because that's interesting. Joe and I have spoken about this a few times. I think we definitely need to at some point in time have an episode about you know, what happens to a relationship when you add a third person to it in the form of a child. Okay, Kat, we've signed you up for that. (laughs) (laughs) And that gives us a great way to end because we can ask everyone who's listening two things now. One, what are the things that we don't talk about and that you would like to talk about? 
And so we can prepare for an episode on that at some point in the future. And two, you know, maybe they could share with us what having a child did to their relationship. It would be awesome if you would send us a little audio clip, you know, 30 seconds. You can email it to us and just give us, you know, give us your thoughts on what impact it had. And if you want, we can change the sound of your voice. (laughs) (laughs) We can keep you anonymous, yes. (laughs) And if you do want to talk about your own identity shift, then our juggle community is a safe place to do that because we're not pretending that this stuff doesn't happen. You can come and chat to us and we can tell you that we've all been through the same thing. You can find that uh, all the links for all of these things and the show notes to the episode at the website, which is www.thejuggle.com.au. So thanks again, Kat. Third time round on the podcast. You're a pro now. <laughs> Thank you for having me. All right. Thanks, everyone. See you next time. Happy juggling. Happy juggling.